Hey there listeners, Ian here, and I just want to prep y'all because tonight's episode is going to be kind of a hip-hop bohemian rhapsody kind of thing, you know? And before we begin tonight's episode, MCFC just wanted to remind you that we're still here. We don't scare. We don't fear. Not even fear. Fucking fear. We never got never. We don't give never. We live forever. We're the show that got chosen. to Ian. Here we go. MCFC up in the house. Oh my goodness. That was something. Um, I'm glad you guys are still here because uh, that's what we're about to talk about. Um, Ian, say hello. Welcome back. Uh, I'm here to do some snow angels, dude. I'm going to do some uh, fucking snow angels, Bo. <laughs> Well, do you, the fucking yeah, snow angels, Bo. Okay, okay, but do I move my legs Dude. too? I don't think so. Make um, sure it has legs. Britt, say something. You know what? I ordered these prostitutes like two hours ago, and I just want to know what is going on. I just Gosh. need my Coke and my prostitutes. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I think that's important. Also, yeah. if you're ordering online, make sure that what comes is what you see on the picture. And <laughs> yes. I don't think it was. This is uh, what anyway, I ordered. It doesn't matter. This is what Amazon you know, brought. <laughs> <laughs> I am Bo. We are MCFC. And we are going to get nasty, dirty this week. But before we do, what is your fucking dailies, guys? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go first. My daily this week. It's actually a show that's happening right now uh, that I highly recommend you put your uh, looking balls on, and that is The Last of Us. Uh, Whoa. It is a video game uh, adaptation. I mean, the game is amazing. If you have a PlayStation, uh, you should play The Last of Us, both one and two. They are great games, really amazing games. But somehow, the show, which is on HBO, and I'm sure you've heard of it, um, has broken the video game curse. You know, a lot of video games can't be made into a movie or a TV show because they just end up being garbage. But this one so far in three episodes I've watched this season has been able to not only uh, lean into the video game and all of its lore, but also change some things and do something brand fucking new. I highly recommend you get into it. It is really interesting story and done in a very intellectual and exciting way. Um, check it out. The Last of Us. Ian, check it out. Yeah, the Last Ian. of Us. I've heard great things. Pedro Pascal, I heard he's crushing Ooh. it. Oh. oh, my God. God. Lone Wolf and Cub Daddy. That's what yes. I'm calling him. Yes. All, he yeah. does, all he does is save kids. My let's go. Let's fucking go. Uh, okay. okay. I'm, I don't know why I'm so excited. I, I, I got, I got he has that Pascal effect. Daddy is stuff. Is it warm in here? It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Ian, Ian, what's your daily, buddy? Um, my daily uh, is not about um, a video game adapted into a television series on HBO, <laughs> but it's very similar. <laughs> I got maps. What? Uh, oh my god! So I'm you very just held up. You held up a, a couple paper maps. It's still nerdiness. Maps. We're still being nerds. Yeah. I love this. Okay. 
So what are they? What are I'm these different maps? Very excited, as you both know, and as our listeners have heard some mention. I am not giving up on my bucket list dream to cycle across the country, and That's I right. ordered my seven sets of maps across the southern tier of the United States, and they're all very detailed. And uh, I thank Reddit for pointing out, don't buy them new, because other people have done this. Just find them on eBay. And I saved a lot of money by going to eBay. <laughs> uh, so, Well, you could just go to MapQuest and just print them out. I mean, I've heard I the Thomas <laughs> Brothers guide is really thorough. Oh. Yeah. Just go to go to randmcnally.com <laughs> and just 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 get them there. <laughs> no, these are very specific maps that have, you know, details on where to camp, like food places, bike shops that you can tune up at. Nice. Um, nice. What routes are safe for riding on the shoulder of the highway, things like that. So, pretty excited um maps. <laughs> Good for That's you, amazing. buddy. Amazing. Yeah. Honestly, good, like good for you. I've never looked forward to somebody else's trip as much as I'm looking forward to you doing this, Ian. I'm, Thanks. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm so pumped. I think mostly, mostly, mostly because we bet if you're going to make it or not, and oh, she's putting a lot of money, a lot of money on one side of it. I'm not going to tell you which one, but okay. I'm just going to say there's a lot of money riding on this one. Bo's betting against you. Riding so, on a bike. Um, yeah. You know, Ian's going to bike across the country, and that's great. But um, what I was excited about this week is the polar opposite, which is um, it's been raining a lot in San Diego. (laughs) And I know to a lot of people, rain is just a thing that happens. And like, okay, that fucked up my day. Like, whatever. Who gives a shit? But let me tell you, in San Diego, the days of rain, real rain, few and far between. Okay. And we have been having the rainiest winter that like, I don't, I mean, I know El Nino happened a couple decades ago and that was definitely a thing, but like, this has been fantastic. A lot of people are complaining, but like, I'm fucking into it. It's been raining all the time and it's like all day rain. It starts at like three in the morning and it just goes and I love it. I've been like too busy in a lot of ways to truly like soak it in. But I did have a night recently where I was able to just like get a blanket, cozy up next to the dog, watch a movie and just be like, yes, I'm sipping tea and I'm warm and it's gross outside. And I'm just like in here being cozy. And I just love that. (laughs) We don't get to do enough of that here. And uh, I just want it to rain forever. But of course, if it did, I wouldn't want that. But, you know, in this moment, I'm just like, this is great. I'm loving the rain. It's been very nice. Wow. She loves the rain. Yes. She basic bitch. She can't stop the rain. <laughs> um, okay. Well, that's great. That's great. Um, yeah. Uh, well, you know, why, why are we fucking around? I feel like we should, we, sh- we should, if you're still here, we're, we're going to do that joke a couple of times. We're still times. here. But, we yeah, don't if, care. If, <laughs> we don't fear, even fucking fear. <laughs> okay so let's get let's get into this movie and i know i i'm sure that ian is so excited to present it because you know ian's been killing it this season Ooh, with like yes. the kind of movies that that everyone wants to watch so yeah. ian let me hand it off to you for joaquin phoenix's i'm still here 
Yeah, and our, as our listeners will remember, I picked the menu. I picked. <laughs> no, you didn't. Um, <laughs> no, you what didn't. Else, what else did I pick? No. Yeah, you so you can't even you think of a movie that you actually you picked. You can't even think you of one movie that you'd the like to wish. the movie that I yeah. just picked. Okay. I picked, oh, Beercon yeah, he... 34th Street. I picked Paddington. Oh, another too. one no. of mine. Uh huh. No, no, you I didn't picked... pick Paddington 2. Okay. That's for sure. Everyone knows that's my favorite movie and that I've seen it two times. Ian, why don't you just tell us why we're still here? <laughs> yeah, because I really want to know. So, I really would love to know. So I'm questioning. Um, <laughs> our topic tonight is 2010s. I'm still here. Uh, depending upon how you define it, a documentary, mockumentary, and a quick summary of this movie. If you are coming in completely blind, in 2008. Joaquin Phoenix, at the height of his fame and celebrity, retires from acting to pursue a more authentic artistic expression, hip-hop music. The film portrays his departure from mountaintop as he struggles in his new medium. Also, there's a lot of penis. There is a lot of penis. So None of which, uh, none of which are uh, uh, Joaquin's. Not Joaquin's, but if you, if you like... Um, penis, <laughs> you'll, it's featured predominantly, but, uh, you know, there's, uh, two reasons I picked this movie. Um, one of the reasons, or one of the things I keep your really, score down. I'm still here. So, uh, but <laughs> one of the things that I do appreciate about Movie Cinema Film Club is it's provided an opportunity to kind of finally dive into these. You know, I always meant to see this. I always was curious about this. I never got around to this. This always just struck me as being interesting. And I remember when it came out and I was like, what the hell is going on here? Hmm. Is this, I, you know, thought, is this a documentary? Did this, because, and we'll get into that initial question of what did you know going in? Do you remember when this happened? Because we were all, you know, adults. And I do remember like when he was on Letterman and retiring and all this stuff, like what's going on. But also we've talked a lot about Joaquin Phoenix and discussed, is he the best actor of our generation and had healthy debates about this? And, Bo, this is a movie that you've mentioned not seeing with Joaquin Phoenix. And as our resident JP uh, lover, I wanted you to begin tonight's discussion. I think that's an important decision you just made. Um, (laughs) Yes, I would be glad to start the discussion on I'm Still Here, starring the greatest living actor of our Mm. generation. Mm. So think about what I just said. The greatest living Mm -hmm. actor of our generation. Okay. I didn't say the greatest actor living or the greatest actor of all time. Right. Just so you know. Um, Okay. So here's the problem with (laughs) us watching this film right now. Okay. I wish we had watched it in the theater. I wish we had watched it when it was just coming out. I wish we had watched it when it was absolutely relevant because watching it now it's more like watching a uh 
It's almost like watching a really artistic version of Jackass. Because I already know <laughs> this is a this is a prank. This is, this is a stunt. We we already know. Fast forward at the time. I, so I want to try to go back. At the time, nobody knew that this thing that Joaquin was doing was actually a prank. Right. It looked like he was creating a career suicide. It looked like he had gone off his rocker. He was just another actor, another child actor who had grown up and sort of like gone off his rails. And everyone's like, well, <laughs> there he goes. He should stick to acting and stop doing this other thing. He's an idiot. And it's like, I think at that time, this documentary would have come out. You would have been like, oh, man, this is kind of a crazy like uh, moment where you get to see this guy kind of unfolding. Sort of like, here's this guy that was like, he had won an Oscar at this point. He had already done Walk the Line and played Johnny Cash. He'd done Gladiator. He'd done all these amazing roles where he was so fantastic in. And now you're seeing him sort of like unfold, like off his rocker, just a narcissistic piece of shit, just an absolute mess and chasing this dream of being a hip hop star. And, and I think I would have been like, oh, this is so sad. It's so sad to watch this, but I watched it knowing that he comes back and he gets back. He, he's an actor and that this whole thing yeah. was a charade and, and, and he goes on to win another Oscar and he, he's like, is the greatest, you know, he does the master with PT Anderson and, and that's buddies. unbelievable. He, he does so many great roles. He comes back and we know that as a viewer now, we already know the end of the story, right? So watching it is almost annoying. It's almost annoying watching this thing because I already am in on the joke. I'm already in. So it doesn't hit me in the same way because I know the end of the story is he goes right. back. This is all a ruse. We've, we, we already know that Casey Affleck, the director, has said like straight up like, yeah, of course, it was just a joke and we did this thing. And it's like. It's hard to watch it without that, with that knowledge and look at it in the same way that I think I would have as a film. In fact, I even looked up, like, what were the reviews at the time, right? And a lot of people, including Roger Ebert, which I think is a good standard, um, Roger Ebert was like, oh, it's so sad to see what happened to this great actor. Like, that's what their, all, everyone's opinion was. Nobody but was in on the joke, but even the two of Roger them. Ebert was questioning as they do sure. throughout the movie, like, sure. is this real? Like, come on. And right. he kind of, yeah, he kind of says right. like, okay, if this is real, then like, I'm very sad for this person, but also, right. I right. don't know. Is it? But I think the success of it is that how far he went, sure. how far yeah. he does go to sort of like destroy his persona. And I think... I'm so appreciative of the fact that they played the entire David Letterman interview uh, <laughs> to really see how awkward and horrible and just absolutely like you could tell David's not in on the joke and Joaquin is just really digging his heels in and it, it without talking too much more, I want us all to be talking about this, but like I would say this movie is a little like less than exciting because of the fact that my knowledge is that I'm here and I know what happens, but it absolutely concretes my 
feeling that he is the greatest living actor of our generation because his role in this film is so good so authentically like this character this insane person this unfolding uh absolute garbage version of a human it's all an act and he right. does such a good job at it. He does such a good job of being that narcissist. He does such a good job of being this awkward person in real time on late night TV, putting the joke on all of us. And I'm just like, holy fuck. That takes some real balls. That's absolutely theater. And he took us for a ride in the culture, in our culture. You saw the video clips of all the people then like being like responding to his thing. The joke is on us. The joke is on us as society. He's poking at Hollywood. He's poking at fame. He's poking at paparazzi. He's poking at late night. He's, he's doing all of that. And I wish I was, I wish I'd seen this back then. I mm. really do. Mm. But I still think it was brilliant. It was a brilliant thing and a crazy fucking thing to do at that point in his career. It could have actually been suicide, but yeah. he, he is so, he was so good that at his height, he actually <laughs> threw the movie that he was, he was like promoting under the bus to do this fucking joke. Like, what the fuck is this? This is insane. So I, I don't want to talk too much more. I want, I want to hand it off to you guys and, and feel how, you know, hear what you guys have to feel, say. Well, I, I was curious, Brit. Uh, I know Bo feels more, you know, reinforced in his position after seeing this movie <laughs> after your viewing but after your viewing i guess what's your take on joaquin as an actor so i okay i have to start in 2008 to 2010 which is sure. i at that point you know i only saw gladiator just last year as we watched it for the club uh i remember seeing walk the line uh, back in the day, but like I really didn't have much of a handle on like who Joaquin Phoenix was. I had like Walk the Line may have been the only movie of his that I had seen at the point when all of this was like actually happening in the world. And so I remember kind of like hearing some of this, but also being like, I don't know, like who's that guy? I don't care. Like I wasn't totally paying attention to it. And I remember the Letterman appearance yeah. being a thing. Like I, I remember these like snippets of moments of like, oh, another guy losing it. Like whatever. I wasn't really paying attention to the fervor surrounding this whole situation at the time. Um, and of course, as Bo is saying, I'm going in now knowing that even if I didn't know like definitively that this was a farce you know that he continues his acting career, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like you've seen him in great movies since, you know, that he's fine, whatever that means. Um, but for me, like this movie is a mess and it's not only a mess. It reminded me immediately of a movie we watched in MCFC that was like very polarizing between the three of us, which was there's no I in threesome because mm. this similarly mm. was something that was sold as a documentary. It was actually fake. And I, and, and I, you know, knew nothing about that movie going in, but like within the first 10 minutes of watching this, I was going, well, this 
clearly isn't real. No one would act this way. No one is making these choices. And so like my, uh, you know, what the, the journey that you're supposed to go on in that movie as a viewer, I was pulled out of immediately. And you guys didn't really have that same reaction. And so I was just like, this fucking blows. Like, I didn't enjoy this at all. I knew it was fake from the beginning. And I know this is different in that, like, we know now going in that Joaquin Phoenix is still acting and this is all a farce. But I still, I'm sorry. Like, I think Joaquin Phoenix is a fantastic actor, but like, this is not it for me. Like, this is not him showcasing his amazing acting ability because I thought, you know, from the very first scene where he's actually speaking to the camera, it feels fake. It feels like no one talks this way, especially about themselves and their own career. Like it just, there were so many points throughout this film where it's like, you're not jumping off the stage and attacking a random guy. He's a plant. You would never, there's a, I don't care how fucking reckless and wild you are. You're not going to risk the lawsuit that comes from that situation of you jumping off the stage at a concert and attacking a random person. So it's like, there are these things all throughout where it's like, well, that's definitely fake. Well, that person's got to be in on it. Otherwise they wouldn't react that way. So like it just for these things, I feel like if you want to be a mockumentary, be a, be Spinal Tap. Be mm. so over-the-top mockumentary that it's like, well, of course, this is all fake. This is ludicrous. We're doing this for comedy. But for me, like, I have so much respect for, as Bo was saying, like, this could have ended his career. Like, this whole charade was kind of insane in a lot of ways and, like, so bold to be like, I'm going to just like make this ridiculous announcement and go on this wild journey of gaining all this weight and showing up to the world as a celebrity being just like unkempt and acting wild and, and hope that it works out as this like grand joke on, you know, fuck celebrity and fuck Hollywood and it's all gross and you all just feed on our trauma and drama and all of these things. Like I have respect for the performance art of it, but to me, like as a movie, I was just like, no, I don't need it. It's again, clearly fake and I don't care. But, but again, I think that, okay, that's totally fair. That's totally fair. We're coming in with so much more knowledge than the people in 2009 or 10 would have had, right? Because you didn't, you didn't get the after. But there's, it's impossible. That's what I'm saying. It's impossible to remove the fact that you just saw him win the Oscar for Joker two years ago. It's like it's impossible because we already have so much more knowledge. So it's like looking back, it's like, well, I already know this isn't real. Of course you do. Yeah, you're, but you're I, not still, dumb. I still not dumb. have the knowledge, like I was saying, of like, you're not jumping off of this stage and attacking a random fan. And there are things like that throughout the movie. I think at the time, though, at the time, though, he looked like he was losing his fucking mind. Now, this documentary came out, this documentary comes out after all of these things happened. Yeah. Right? So all you're hearing at the time is, oh, I saw Joaquin on fucking letterman and he was fucking crazy and then three weeks later or four weeks later he jumped off and, and punched a guy it's like these are what people are hearing it's like okay this guy's lost his shit 
And then you're seeing the film a year later. And it's like, whoa, this is like the downfall of an artist. Like we heard all these news stories. It was, and to me, it was like so masterfully like done. But like it's hard to see that when we're 10 years later and it's all squashed into an hour. And you go like, yeah, I already know the end, you know? I'm going to weigh in. And Please. I... Because I... we felt like you weren't even here. <laughs> He's still here. I'm still here. I'm not scared. <laughs> so I'm kind of in between both of you, but I agree. We know that it's a hoax. And as a viewer or as a fan, nobody likes being duped. You know, there is this element where if it was Spinal Tap and it's so over the top, you feel in on the joke. But we're the punchline of the joke. Now, again, I think this movie, in a way, smartly depicts celebrity culture. There's some... Overall, I think, conceptually, this is fascinating. And I think the last third or half of the movie just really falls apart as a, as a complete picture. But in the beginning of the movie is you have an actor and again later on there's these comparisons you know they insert and they edit in clips from contemporary viral youtube you know of britney spears and uh, i'm trying to think of another actor having a meltdown um uh i i forget but they're like britney you know. spears <laughs> and, uh, oh and, and britney also spears. Britney, britney spears, spears. <laughs> but other celebrities having public meltdowns and Joaquin, he did pose a couple interesting questions, one of which is, you know, kind of this midlife crisis of a lot of people, regardless of your profession, your craft, having these moments of like, I don't know how I got here. Like, I just kind of like was good at this thing. And I just like got, you know, pigeonholed into this world. I don't really like this. And you see it with people on Wall Street and finance. You see people in whatever industry of like, I guess I was kind of good at it, which I was as a kid. And then I just became this actor. And here I am doing Ladder 49. And I'm doing, again, that's the joke I always make of Joaquin Phoenix. But like, I'm in Hollywood and this is not the art that I want to be creating. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people face these really crucial life questions of taking a huge leap of faith, which obviously was, you know, demonstrated by him jumping off the cliff, uh, as a child, uh, but taking this leap into the unknown, which is so frightening. And most people don't do it. Most people don't, ah, I guess I've been doing this for 20 years. I'm going to try something else. Most people don't want to you know, get into that uncomfortable space. So I did think there's a there was a couple fascinating just like ideas displayed. I think despite knowing he there's you know redemption and he's had a like a, a, an incredible career this last decade, the fact that he plays the down and out narcissistic egomaniac actor and really no one thought it was fake at the time is a demonstration of his greatest performance of like yes i mean that's how i feel okay, and but again i'm like 
people did question if it was fake at the time, and they even inserted that into the movie. And I just because it. I think, you know, it's like I related to Spinal Tap, right? Where it's like, that's so far in the ridiculous column that it's like, well, of course this is a joke. We all know this is a joke. And I can respect the idea that they were trying to do this within reality, right? And so, like, he was actually doing these things out in the world. He was on Letterman. He was on that stage in the Miami club, like doing his rap, blah, blah, blah. But, but then as a viewer, even if it was in 2010, it's like, I'm supposed to believe that this atrocious rap that he's putting out is supposed to be taken seriously. And like no one in his life, including his brother-in-law, Casey Affleck, who is directing and filming this is telling him like, homie, uh, this is awful. Like what? Like it's well, just it's I, so I, I, like I, I, the rap aspect of it. Like if he had decided, I saw when I was reading up on it later, like somebody in one of their reviews was like, why didn't he pursue a, a, a career in country? He already proved he could do that and walk the line. Like do that. Like, yes, if this movie had been him being like, actually, I want to be a country singer. We know he can do that. He could have done that, but the rap aspect of it felt so absurd that it's just like, exactly. how are we supposed that's to take this point. seriously? I, that's okay, the point because maybe I, that's I feel, the point uh, he was trying to make, but he made it in a way that it was so over the line absurd that it's like, yeah, I'm not. I didn't buy it in 2009. I, and I think, don't buy it watching the movie okay, in 2023. That's totally fine, but I do think that the the world of acting and the world of uh, of rich people they're so fucking delusional that they think they can just do whatever. Sure. I can't tell you how many rich people I've met who are like, "Oh yeah, you know what? I want to do this thing." You're like, you have no knowledge at all on the thing that you just said. You're not going to do any schooling. You're not going to learn anything. You're just going to go into it and be like. I did it. And it's like, yeah, you're, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. You're not even trying. And I feel like, yes, go ahead, Ian. Oh, no, I was going to just continue. No, go ahead. That it is absurd. I'm still here. And, oh, hey, it's good to see you. It is absurd. <laughs> but I also thought he points out this phenomenon of the emperor's new clothes of like, mm. it is garbage. And you could see it with mm-hmm. all his friends of like, no, no, like the lyrics, man. If people listen to you, like it's good. No, 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 like because it's like they're all getting paid by him, and it's that phenomenon. Even too. the fact that the club hired him, it well, like had him come down there. It's like they, they even Diddy. It's like these people are like even Diddy was like, this is not good. Like he said, right. it's not good, but he was still like, I'll help you. I'll help you. It's like why? Right. This guy's so bad, and he has no talent. But I think, I, they're, and, I think he's sort of like showcasing that. And to that point of like, again, this is so ridiculous. Why didn't he do country music? It's like around this same time, bear in mind, we have like your Paris Hiltons who are reality TV stars who are putting out pop records and yeah, you have yeah. athletes all the time. Like I could rap. I could, I could do this. Like mm-hmm. it's the person who no one says you can't do something thinks, yep. uh, you know, I can run for office. How hard could that be? I'm Herschel Walker. Whatever. I can be you know, like, but uh, so I, I think again, it portrayed just some very interesting aspects about celebrity of, yeah, none of his friends. He just is a total 
piece of garbage towards all his nobody community. says no nobody At says no, no yeah. point nobody does anybody no. say no not his agent not the people around him nobody goes like are you sure you want to do this because you're not exactly great at this and everyone just goes like okay we'll just follow you over here we'll follow you over there and it's it's kind of kind of gross and uh two little things i wonder if he kept his agents well i wonder if he kept his agents through that you I know look it up and the only couple of like uh fact checks i, I knew uh, i guess like diddy and uh ben stiller were in on it like those are the two Clearly. people in the movie that Clearly, right, right, right. The Ben Stiller thing was like the most obvious, but Ben Stiller was so obvious. He was so obvious. fucking, so fucking act. obvious. Yeah, Ben Stiller is a horrible actor, to be honest. It He's was. Bad. He can't act. You know, that was the hoax. Um, but you know, back to the whole thing of like just celebrities. I mean, there's a uh, shout out to a podcast that I used to really enjoy. I haven't listened to it recently, but Disgraceland would be all these stories of debauchery of famous musicians. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's that story of Elvis being wasted in Graceland. Like, I want to go meet Nixon. And he like gets on a private jet to set up a meeting. It's that famous photo where Nixon gives him the badge to be like honorary, you know, drug enforcement agent. <laughs> and like, that's, <laughs> that's real, you know, and yeah. that's real. And it's just cause like no one's saying no to Elvis. Right. And it's I so, also I also think that I think Nixon would have met anyone, including Robocop. So it's like dead or alive. I don't think that that's dead or alive. Dead or alive. You're, you're, you're a DEA agent. Dead or alive, I'm still here. I'm not scared. I don't fear, not even oh fucking God. fear. So I'm I do God's want to chosen that. robot. Um you do us no angel. 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 So, but I do want to circle back. I can't believe how much I'm agreeing with Bo on this one, but you made that comment of like the balls on this guy. And say what you will about this movie. You know, I think execution-wise, it leaves a lot to be desired. Um, However, a major thought I just kept having I feel anxiety and stress after a mediation where I'm like, oh, the attorneys are going to totally like talk shit about me at happy hour, how bad of an attorney, like a mediator I am. I definitely have like this, like, and to have that kind of just self-confidence to totally make a jackass out of yourself, knowing the world is going to rip you apart and like to put yourself out there and like, Again, you might be an actor. Like he's still going into a club in LA, like rapping like a total asshole. It's just like it's- the before, the before, during, and after of the Letterman thing is like it. It, it, it to me is a fucking masterclass in creating a scene and then putting it in the world and then watching what the world does to it. It's like the fact that so many people responded in the way that they did. It's like Tom Cruise on the couch, right? They even showed that. Yeah. It's like this idea of like, it's like this, this is insane thing. Right. But the Tom Cruise on the couch is real. And the Joaquin Phoenix on Letterman is completely (laughs) fake. Wait for the Tom Cruise documentary in 2025. But it's like, Joaquin doing this to me is like, personally, it shows his absolute dedication and brilliance to the form of acting. Now, is it a successful movie? 
that's what we're talking about. Right. But like, is as an actor, I was floored by his commitment to an idea, and I just thought, like, yeah. He wants to buck the system. He wants to try something new right. and pressure everybody into believing this other thing. That is an actor's job. And not many people in the history of history have done what he just did in this, this time of his life. And So I have knew, to give him major props. Yeah. And he knew that he could do it because clearly mm-hmm. he understood the world of Hollywood and celebrity so well that it's like, look, my career, it's it's shooting up. I'm fucking, I'm crushing yeah. it. Yeah. I'm in good movies. I'm getting accolades. Like, I'm fine. I'm set. And he was able to do something so insane because he knew that at the end of the day, as long as your name is in the headline, it doesn't matter what the story is. Mm-hmm. Like, he felt secure enough to put his entire livelihood on the line to do this two years of ridiculous fucking stunts that were all fake and awful. And he was embarrassing himself and alienating people and probably burning bridges that he would potentially be able to work with again one day. But he knew at the end of the day, I can do this because I want to do this like performance art. Fuck you, you know, finger in the face of Hollywood and that he would be yeah. fine in the end. And so it's like, even just that in itself, it's like, that's where all of my respect for this whole ordeal comes from is that like, you're right. Like Hollywood is yeah. gross and the tabloids but, and all of that is just, y- you made that point. I just feel like as a film, if I'm looking at the execution of this as a film, I'm like, eh. Yeah. Do you think just really quick to that point though, Britt, of like knowing he was secure and do you think there's a line though? Is there a line you cross that you've gone too far and you're ostracized now from this community? Well, I mean, if I'm sure that line exists, but I think, you know, it's just like, like I was saying, like he knows the history of so many people in Hollywood or, or music or, you know, all these places that we like idolize and worship and obsess over celebrities. It's like, you can, you know, like we brought up Britney Spears because the movie did, it's like, you can shave your head. You can get out of a fucking limousine and flash your pussy to the world and people will make fun of you for a minute, but like, (laughs) then they won't care next week because there's somebody else whose name is in the headlines. So it's just like, yeah, I I, I do have respect for, I feel like what they were trying to do and the point they were trying to make. Um, And I I don't think he crossed any lines that I experienced, but you know, maybe there are people in Hollywood who to this day are like, man, fuck that guy. Like, you know, I, I had a bad interaction, but I don't think he was doing anything that plenty of people aren't doing all the time. Sure. And, you know, um, there's an aspect where I feel like because most of what he was doing was self-contained and like detrimental to him and not mm-hmm. really anyone else. Obviously, he has the Letterman interview, which I saw like I think a couple of years later, he apo- or a year and a half later, he apologizes to him and just kind of like, oh. he's like, I didn't mean to offend you, but I kind of 
I know you weren't in another joke. I kind of was hoping you would recognize I was doing a character and not doing that, but like I get how that would upset you. But then I, 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 you know, to that very point, I'm like, that was probably the most viewed Letterman show in the like of that oh my God. decade. Yeah, of like the most which infamous says class. something, which says something about our society, right? You know, yeah, people and, love which is exactly a mess. why I think it's so important. Yeah. yeah, and and the last thing I'll just say because it's why I, I I guess the best way to like you know sum up this movie is like a, you know a human shit in the mouth, but. <laughs> Uh, but there are fascinating questions posed by what he does. And as you both know, I'm a huge Bob Dylan fan. And in the 60s, he released a documentary called Don't Look Back. And, you know, my favorite Dylan quote is about he got advice when he started out in the music industry, which was. You're about to have two jobs. One is a musician, one is a celebrity. You can figure out how to do the first. No one knows how to do the second. Mm. And there's famous stories about Bob Dylan at the peak of his fame, like dumping a bottle of booze on his clothes, going into interviews, smell, reeking of alcohol. And he did it intentionally because then all the press, all the papers are like, Dylan's on the wagon. You know, Dylan's struggling on the bottle, this mess. And he knew it was all fake. And that's how he could still just manage knowing, telling himself, no matter what they write about me, they're writing about Bob Dylan, not Robert Zimmerman. And I don't want anyone to know Robert Zimmerman. And that's why, you know, obviously Joaquin Phoenix is also not his real name. And just like, just creating that distance. So in a way, I see this is very similar, but on such a grander scale of Joaquin going forward it's different because obviously Bob Dylan was a musician, not a actor, but again, here he is like, I can act, but it was this like fake mockumentary at the time of like, what's going on. He's getting into a fight with like the Beatles and like, like he's, he was just largely performing because, you know, he didn't want anyone to kind of know who he was, but, and knowing that the press is going to write anything anyway, and it's all bullshit. And so that's kind of in a way where I was like, you know, the movie is not, awesome but i kind of love that he tried this and i kind of love that he went for it and i just i love the concept and it makes me more of a fan of him after this good that's important (laughs) and i you know i I love his album i downloaded the album off of itunes (laughs) (laughs) do either of you have sorry bo go ahead i was just about to ask any final thoughts before we get into trivia i'm ready for the trip no i think that mine will be when i do the rating mm-hmm. okay so um let me get my let's transition get your emoji hands this is a traditional trivia night first question oh, wow just traditional? just traditional no 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 weird like uh, this is worth 17 points no snow right? angels okay <laughs> no yeah. snow angels but this is okay. uh the theme for this trivia though is famous frauds Ooh, Ooh, great. And the first question is worth one point. Get your emoji hands ready. George Santos, (laughs) infamous congressional representative from New York's third congressional district and world-renowned liar, allegedly performed drag under what stage name? Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck you. Uh, (laughs) 
That's a great question. That it's is a, a great. great it's a it's a great question. I'm gonna raise my Brit. hand just because someone needs to at some point. I um you know I know of this story. I saw the photos. I don't. I, I'm. I skim politics these days. I'm like, get me the fuck out of here. Like, I get the gist. I don't want the details. So I don't know. Hey, just so just but, so you know, Britt, I think the politicians skim too. Yeah, I bet. Um, so George Santos, I'm going to say his drag name is Santa Maria. That is not correct. Okay. Uh, Bo, do you want to take any guesses? Oh, uh, I'm just trying to think of some sort of funny pun. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't have any guess, honestly. Like, it's Bo with the so non-guess. Classic Bo. Uh, <laughs> I, I have no guess on this. I, like, I know it's something funny. I'm sure it's some clever, like, tongue-in-cheek thing. Because it always is, right? I know uh, this is... A question unrelated to movies, but I thought, hey, because it is so much in the discussion right now mm-hmm. of pop culture, uh, I am going to reveal the answer. If there's no final guess. <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, Char Canado. That's what it is. Char Canado. <laughs> Very okay. There's my guy. <laughs> um, no, it is Katara Ravache. Katara Ravache. What does that mean? I don't know, but I just that's apparently probably means future politician. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm I'm (laughs) hoping the second question worth two points might be a little easier. It is movie related. (laughs) Okay. Get your emoji hands ready. In 1973, actor director Orson Welles released his final movie, which is considered a docudrama or film essay. Primarily focusing on the life of professional art forger Elmir Deori. What is the title of this film? Fuck! Brit. Um, I feel like I have a collection of some of the words, but I'm not confident at all. So go ahead, Brit. Just answer. Um, I think it might be the north side of the wind. That is incorrect. Okay. Oh, I think you're really close with the wind. <sighs> but actually, that was a movie that was never released. The movie that you're thinking of, Brittany, was never released. So you're. Can you well, just repeat your question wait, really quick? Did he say I'm, it was I, I actually. I. No, I I don't have the answer. I'm not going to even guess because I know I don't have the answer. But will you repeat the question? Because I want to hear it. In 1973, actor-director Orson Welles released his final movie. Oh, released. Released, okay. Which is considered a docudrama or film Uh essay, primarily Mm. focusing on the life of professional art forger Elmir Deori. That wasn't anything to do with no. that thing that you're talking. No, you not. are right about something about the wind. It's like the the south end of the wind or something like that. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I don't have any guess. So any guess? No, I don't have any guess. Pollock. Uh, I'm just joking. Mank. I'm just joking. <laughs> F for fake. F, F for, fake. for fake. Oh, 
The name of the movie oh, is F. I have heard fade. of that. I have I've because never M for heard murder, of that. F for fake. Wow. Okay. F for good, good fake. Good for you, Welly. Good for you. I thought you might have that one. I thought you know no Orson Welles. No I, I, I've never never seen it. Sorry, I highly sorry, recommend sorry. that movie. It is really very. Oh, it's awesome, and it is well. People hated it, but it is similar, <laughs> in it's like quasi documentary but then there's some fiction okay. parts in, in See, her- orson wells so ahead of his time people hated mm-hmm. him he's so ahead of it's his true. time at every stage uh, he was hated yep but yep like you know uh, i do recommend both to both of you as well and like the documentary part is about this guy who is forging famous paintings and like it's amazing like it's wild and it is like like Picasso's and like Monet's and shit. And he is just like. Monet's and shit? Monet's. Uh, Amuno's boss. Uh, <laughs> nope. That was that was the last episode, and it's an amuse bouche. But you're amuse. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was a mise, mise en place. Uh, well, hey, a, um, also a thing in kitchens. Yes. Speaking of uh, frauds, <laughs> let's get to our ratings. <laughs> Let's, Britt. I want to. I want to get your rating first. I think. It was, yeah. I think it's good that you started with Britt. I think good. it's good you started with Britt. I listen. There's no shame in this rating. <laughs> I think you guys. Honestly, I. I always come into MCFC with an open mind and a bleeding heart, and I heard everything you guys said. And honestly, I did agree with a lot of it. But I feel like at the end of the day, what you guys were primarily talking about was the performance art of it all. It was the 2008-2009. It wasn't the 2010 movie itself. And I feel like this is all very fascinating, and I think that they attempted to make a very necessary and impactful commentary on Hollywood and celebrity and all of this bullshit and, and the grossness of paparazzi and all this mess. And I agree with all of those grand ideas, but at the end of the day, this as a movie, I was like for something that should be so like sloppy and, um, tantalizing and interesting i was kind of bored a lot of that like this was not a good movie and i have rating. respect uh, yeah good welcome to jean dilman starring joaquin phoenix um <laughs> i wasn't into it i don't think it's a good movie i think it's an interesting moment in popular culture but i gave this a four. Oh, okay mm. yeah okay there you go. Bo. Eat it. Eat it. <laughs> okay. Bo. Uh, it's an yeah. amuse-bouche. You want, you want my rating? Yeah. Um, okay, so I, for the most part, agree with Brittany. Um, and I think this movie, I gave it a little bit higher rating. I said a 5.5. Um, I think the movie itself is what it is. It needs to happen. It needs to be the thing, the vehicle, right? But I think the the gold here is really the performance, but you're I'm not rating the performance. I'm rating the movie, and the movie is sort of kind of boring, kind of uh, lackluster. But I I wondered in some parts if that was because 
I'm going into it knowing the knowledge of the end, right? No. It's hard. But but that's why I gave it a 5.5. And I didn't give it a 7.5 or a 9.5. Like, it's not cabaret. In cabaret, in cabaret. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I would say it's a 5.5 movie. I wouldn't recommend it necessarily because I think that you'd really have to be breaking down uh, Hollywood, cinema, mockumentary, documentary, that kind of thing to really like find it to be interesting. Uh, the performance was amazing. And I absolutely continue my thought that Joaquin is the greatest living actor of our generation. Mm. 5.5, guys. 5.5. Ian, what do you got, buddy? Well, this is one where despite our opposite views on certain aspects of it, we are pretty much in line on <laughs> our assessment. One thing I don't think we really focus on because the bulk of our conversation was, you know, again, the idea and the performance. But specifically, it's almost like in this character of the struggling asshole actor, you know, down on his luck or just on rock bottom, the movie kind of like, it almost should end with the Letterman interview or kind of like the, the, the choice that they made as a movie though, if we just imagine it as a fictional piece, Oh, I guess, or like the club performance, but then there's like the 20 minutes of him, like reuniting with his dad and then like yeah. walking through a river and like connecting to God because that's the drops of water. And these very obvious moments that like are clearly staged like in the in the documentary of like the run in with the one guy that's like you're two drops of water. Like what is this model like? Like what is this which then ties everything together which was really irritating from the writing standpoint of like yeah. Just let's have yeah. your back for 10 minutes descending into water and returning and evaporating back to the mountaintop. I was like get the fuck out of here. So yeah. the last like third of this movie I agree. is like Pretty hard to get through, so I gave it a four point five. So yes, right. so yes. we're really <laughs> um, yeah. It... Of course, Bo elevated it by one point because that's his boy. I understand that, but you're wrong. I mean, come on, come on, come on. Five point five is not a win. It's not a that's win. It's not a win, but yeah. it's more than a four. It's more than a four point five. Why, why can't I just rate the movie I want to rate the way I want to rate it? Why? You why absolutely do I have to can't. I'm just saying. From you, your love for, for, for it. one point Phoenix. above. What the fuck, yeah. Britt? You're ruining his life. You're ruining his life, Britt. You're ruining his fucking life. <laughs> Honestly, you know I'm what? Gonna shit Bo on you. I'm going to shit on you while you're sleeping. What's your bit? What's your What's your bit? Bo What's is upset that the dick that we saw throughout the movie was not Joaquin Phoenix's. That That's is why not he didn't true. give it a six. He wanted to see that dick, and you know what? I did too, because I'm willing to bet it's not great. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> now oh my God. Now you've gone too far. Why you gotta attack some dude's dick you don't even know? I don't what know. I just, wanna, I just wanna that's hate some, on him for a moment. That's some personal bullshit. That's some personal bullshit. Because he is well, a great actor, and I feel like he needs to be shit on in the face in bed as he was in this Jesus. film. That's all. Bo guys. I know. I know, I know yes, he's Ian. I know he's your guy and I want you to have the final words to close out tonight's show. Yeah, I mean somebody needs to close this shit out because Brittany comes in with that in the last fucking minute. Listen. <laughs> 
I don't know if Joaquin was wounded by the fact that his brother died when he was younger. I don't know that if his father truly loved him or if he has some kind of issue with that. I don't know if Hollywood has really accepted him fully back or if he's just trying to prove himself through all of these things. All I know is this. If I had a sit down with Joaquin Phoenix, the greatest living actor of our generation, I wouldn't say many things, but what I would say is that was a great performance. And also, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Hey there, MCFCers. Brittany here to let you know your coming attraction for next week. This is actually Bo's pick, but uh, he was so excited to follow Joaquin Phoenix on tour that uh, he forgot to record this before he left. So I'm going to let you know about Bo's pick for next week from 1995. It is Before Sunrise, directed by Richard Linklater. So give that a look, and we'll see you next week. Cinema Film Club is brought to you by Shit Show Media. Make sure you check out all of our upcoming movies we'll be talking about on our Instagram at Movie Cinema Film Club. If you have an opinion, a comment, or a movie you think we should watch and discuss, email us at moviecinemafilmclub at gmail.com. This week's episode was written by Ian Schof, Brittany Everett, and me, Bo Hufford, and it was edited by Brittany Everett. Remember, support your local cinema, don't spoil films, be oh so quiet at the movies, and for the love of God, choose to read subtitles and boycott film dubbing. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>